Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Adam, wait, wait, Adam, wait. That what? Chicken, what? That chicken parm you make? Yeah. It's lit. No, wait, I have it's one more. What? It's slap up. Well, what does that even? It's slap up? It's so good. It's Gucci, man. <laughs> I'm going to start the show. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's everyone's favorite drama, As the Worm Turns. Yes, the wonderful world of composting. What is composting, and how is it different from vermicomposting? And once we know what vermicomposting is, does that make it this week's vocabulary worm? Rhonda Sherman, you're welcome, everybody, from North Carolina State University, is here to break down the art of breaking stuff down. Plus, we introduce the Department of Fine Print. We find those little pieces of text in your life that you never notice, and we notice them. It's a tasty, tasty segment, but warning, do not eat. Also, Captain Crinkle in your rearview mirror is always closer than she appears. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to break down the show's vast mountains of conversational ideas into a useful, simple mulch that will fertilize our listeners' minds. And now, please welcome the woman who never fails to toss bucket after bucket of mental effluvia onto the rhetorical heap. It's Paula Poundstone. Yay. Hey, guys. So nice to be. Thank you. It's so nice to uh, be with all of you and and Bonnie's uh, young <laughs> vocabulary developing. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It, it reminds me of like an old love American style episode. Um, right. Yeah. You know where, where Aunt Bonnie like decided it. that she needed to talk to the kids of today. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like about you know they were often dealing with yeah. the generation gap in that uh, in that show. Um, and uh, Bonnie apparently took it all in. All right, so you know what? Uh, what, Paula? Well, first of all, first of all, I want to thank tonight's house band, Broadway violinist Sylvia Devonzo. She is currently the concertmaster of the new production of Flying Over Sunset at Lincoln Center Theater, 
please see the show when they reopen, and they will reopen. Yes. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. That's pretty impressive. We have very impressive house bands. and We sure um, do. And they, they, they and seem th- more impressive you, each Sylvia. week. Yeah, thank you, Sylvia. And so what's new with you, Paula Poundstone? Well, you know, I was on Twitter the other day, and that's not the new part. That's <laughs> no, the no. kind of <laughs> obsessive waste of time part. But I found, um, as I often do, an interesting tweet from the Harvard Business Review. And they were saying that in a business, um, as the CEO, you don't want to do any of the menial labor. Okay. That makes and, sense. But why, besides the fact that nobody really likes doing menial labor? Well, it had to do with where the CEO could invest their energy where it was more valuable. Oh, I see. I see. Right. So, which kind of makes sense, but I would have to ask the Harvard Business Review people um, who it is I'm supposed to get to do the menial labor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm self-employed and it's just me. So therefore I've I've just allowed myself to become somewhat schizophrenic. Uh, uh-huh. I have I have an alter ego named Brenda um who was just cleaning my toilet earlier today. Uh, <laughs> I hope you're nice to Brenda. Oh, yeah, I am, because, you know, if it weren't her doing it, it would be me. Uh, Brenda, thank you for cleaning the toilet. Happy to do it, Miss Poundstone, happy to do it. Uh, Yeah, Brenda really, uh, she's told me that she loves working here, and you know what's weird? She fits in my clothes perfectly. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I caught her going through my closet the other day. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea that I'm somehow, you know, too valuable to dust and sift cat litter and clean the toilet. And um, that is a great idea. But sure. what it means, practically speaking, is that the toilet doesn't get cleaned, the house doesn't get dusted, and the litter boxes overflow. So, unless the Harvard Business Review people would like to come over, and value me. Uh, I'm not really sure how they think that's getting done. What, what do you well, want to bet if you were to go to the person who wrote that article? Their house is a shithole. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> um, I, w- I would say, though, um, it's it's nice to have Brenda aboard. Maybe she'll join the show sometime. Um, just to say hi. Oh, she loves the show. Brenda loves the and, show. And, and I've got to, I've got to say, multiple personality disorder usually is created by a dissociative experience. This is the first time I've heard that dissociative experience being reading the Harvard Business Review. Yeah, well, there are side effects to almost everything you do. There I are, guess so. you know, <laughs> not- unwanted consequences to almost everything you do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I guess there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, welcome. You know. Yeah, welcome, Brenda. Um, Hey, Paula, you want to get to the book club? Oh, yes, definitely. I'm I'm oh. so prepared. I am prepared too. Okay, let's call this meeting to employing Robert's rules of order or the fact that we use Bob's rules. Bob's rules. Bob's rules uh. of order. 
Let's call, I hereby call this meeting to order. This week we read chapters 36 through 40 of Moby Dick, wherein Captain Ahab gets the entire crew drunk and tries to psych them up to kill the whale. And then the crew drunkenly decides to dance. And then they get kind of horny. And then they fight in the time-honored tradition of horny drunk sailors. It's a beautiful story. Thank um, you. <laughs> Adam, you guys, you know what I read? I read that some parts of parliamentary procedure go all the way back as far as the ancient Greeks. Um, really? Yeah. Before Bob. Before Bob, yeah. Uh, which is why um, I would like to say hello to my fellow book club members, um, Tony Isis. Uh, Bonniopolis and uh, Adam Adamander. I I love that you did just turn Bonnie into a city. That's fine. Bonnie is a city. Bo- Bonnie's <laughs> she's definitely a state of mind. Yeah. All right. Or she's a, she's at least a village. Um. Yeah. All right. So new business. What do you think of those chapters, Paul? Or do you have anything? To, did you read them? I read the chapters. Yeah. Well, I, that's not true. I listened to them a long time ago, and now I'm re-listening so that I can, you know, what I did was backtrack so that I could keep up with you slackers. Um, right. Those of us who I'll are actually this. reading the book are the um, slackers. <laughs> listeners, nobodies that may be reading uh, along or listening along, um, you have my permission. If you haven't gotten to chapter 42, you don't have to read it. Uh, you can skip over chapter 42. I don't want to be a spoiler. Yeah, you are. But uh, in chapter 42, what Herman Melville says, or Ishmael um, uh, says, uh, the whale they're looking for is white, and he thinks that's a scary color. That is chapter 42. It takes a really long time for him to, t- I mean, he goes on and on about the color white. I think I told you guys, like maybe last week or the week before, that I talked to a guy who studied uh, the, the book Moby Dick, I think he, in college or something. And he said, because I was like, boy, he's a little, you know, he's a little wordy. And and the guy said, well, keep in mind that it was written before television, movies, and radio. So people were really delighted to read a whole chapter about the color white. And I would say, really? <laughs> because I could live in a world without electronic entertainment and still rather spend an hour staring at a rudimentary spoon than read a whole chapter about the color white. <laughs> I'm kind of with you, Paula. I got to tell you, I'm starting to move into what I think of as the Tony Anita Hull zone when it comes to Moby Dick. There is, um, it's unquestionably great writing, but it's getting a little tedious to the point where when we got to that part where the sailors were just yelling puns at each other about their places of origin, I'm sure he thought that was kind of cutesy, but I just thought it was stupid and I was angry at him. I was angry at a man who's been dead for 150 years because I was like, I don't need your puns about how, um, you know, French sailors talk about their baguettes and the and the Icelandic sailors talk about how they like sleeping on frozen ground and stuff like that. Boy, you told Melville to take those puns right on out of here. 
Yeah. Um, I would disagree that you've reached the Tony Anita Hull status. She hadn't even opened the cover before she refused to read. Tony just has... <laughs> it's, for her, it's more behavior problems, I think, than... Uh, <laughs> it's not that I think the story is bad or that it's terrible. I just think sometimes there are these, he's had a couple chapters where the whole goddamn chapter was just sort of one lengthy, odd description, like the one where he was talking about um, where he was putting the whales in the various um, categories and describing the different kind of whales. I, I just, I, I, that one and then this one. Um, but the, the rest, of, I mean, Tony should be very happy that Captain Ahab is up and about. She really was longing for him. Yeah, Tony, uh, what is your experience of these chapters with the, now that Ahab's here? Or are you reading so, them at all? So I skipped the dick this week. Um, I <laughs> dick. just chose not to read it. Um, and listeners, nobodies, you should skip chapters 1 through 135. Wow. Tony. Okay. You know, <laughs> I love it that she says, like, I skipped as if this is somehow out of the ordinary for her. It should be the other way around. Why don't you just mention it when you do read? And we'll wait the several weeks. <laughs> you that know what? I'm, I'm offended, and I hate to do this, but I am hereby moving to censure Tony Anita Hull for her uh, violation of book club policies. Do I Honestly, have a second? Throw the book of Bob at her. Do it. Do I have, the, do I have a second on the motion to censure? I, I second the motion to censure. Oh, All that's right. so mean. Motion carries. Now this we have to, so Well, now cruel. that she's been seconded, we have to put it to a vote. How many that's people so vote mean. to censure Tony? Nay, nay. It, Tony votes Amy, nay. Uh, Bonnie? No, wait. No, there's a no. horse in the room. Well, that's a that's a two that's a two to two vote, uh, two yays, two yet nays. Um, since President uh, Ken Lezebnik is not uh, not only not on this show but has left the show for a while, as, he's on, as President he's on a, Pro Tem, I believe I get to pass the tie breaking vote and vote to censure Tony Anita Hall. No, this no, is we have to shiz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a rough. That's a, that's a rough consequence. Look how it affects yeah. people. You know, in government, <laughs> really takes um, the strap to him. You know, I usually have spark notes pulled up, but I decided to not even go that far this week. Wow. And that's your response to your censure? Yeah, you're cruising, <laughs> cruising right yeah. towards censure number two. Yeah, that was, that was fuck you and the horse you run in on, rode in on. Um, you know, I will say this. It's no wonder Melville was a writer, though, because who would want to hang out with this guy? Like if you were, <laughs> if you were having dinner with him and you said, you know, Herman, could you pass the salt? You'd get, you'd get salt, which is white like a cloud that is made of moisture but not yet impregnated with rain. Salt, which is white like fresh linens. I, I've heard tales of linen so fresh and white that a young girl was blinded by staring at them whilst she was hanging them to dry. And people would be saying, Herm, Herm, Herman, my potatoes are getting cold. Could, could you just pass yeah. the salt? <laughs> yeah, You know what? I'll just run to the ocean and dip this in. Never mind. <laughs> Bonnie Burns. Salt. You're being summoned uh, into the chamber. 
Temp. <laughs> yes. Pro tem, but yes. Well, I agree with you, Adam. I mean, I'm starting to feel like I'm being manipulated by this guy that he... It, look, I think he's an unbelievably <laughs> talented writer, but it just is starting to feel like I'm this incredible writer and I need to show all of you how talented and witty I am. And it's starting to feel like it's a skip ahead or time to go to the Sparks notes. Um, because, Ooh. you know, this is, you know, yes, you don't, you don't sound, you don't sound like a reader. You sound like his agent. He's incredibly talented. He's incredibly talented. Right? <laughs> I just don't like the shit he's written. That's all. Well, no, because he's incredibly gosh. talented. It it feels like all the pillars are being set for like the doom of the crew, and we know that Ahab is crazy. And the one I'm starting to really want to skip to the end is is Ishmael is he alive? And it's he's telling to take... his story. No, I get it, but let's be honest. <laughs> it's starting. It's starting to get tempting to just go to the end and go. Is Ishmael still right. there? I no. understand the temptation, but I want to say, order, we agreed <laughs> that we were going to take on the white whale of Moby Dick, and that is the voyage we are on. I don't care if you want Honest the balloon or not, but everybody on the ship known as nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is going to read that fucking book. I did I am... not vote for Moby Dick. <laughs> it doesn't matter. To go to the movie starring Gregory Peck. Yes. You guys, I'm so glad you were not in my group in school. <laughs> the, uh, the, no, this is terrible. No, we're it reading is. Moby Dick. It, it's mutiny. We're having a book club mutiny. <laughs> I move to censure Bonnie Burns. I, 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 second, second. Gosh. I second the censure of Bonnie Burns. No, Let's vote. Hey. I vote I. And, and if Yay. I ever get if I if I ever get censured, Bonnie Burns gets fifteen percent of it. That's yeah. the deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, as president really pro tem, I'm going to break the tie, and Bonnie Burns, you are censured. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's no real consequence for it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Kevin McCarthy, you figured that out, did you? <laughs> <laughs> It just stung at first, but now I don't care. I've moved on with yeah, my life. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we impeach you? See how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> then you'll see. Yeah, then you'll be. Wow. Yeah, th then then you'll be in your room reading Moby Dick. If you're impeached, why don't we just why don't we take the impeachment to the Senate and just massage your ego a while? Um, all right. Well, with this uh, for this dark day of our book club, I'm I'm calling book club to a close for today. <laughs> I have one more thought. Uh, I'm reopening for I can old stand business. It. Yes. Okay. Well, at least Van Gogh, you know, was not really recognized until you know posthumously. He painted. It was silent. You objection! Could look at it. Objection! <laughs> objection! This is There's an objection. A writer, not a painter. <laughs> I know she's you off, didn't have to read. She's off topic. That's one of the chapters. You could just look at the painting. 
pro tem, President Pro Tem, yes, in yes. Robert's Rules of Order, one of the reasons for the Rules of Order is to keep people on topic. Bonnie Burns is off topic right now. Oh my She's God. talking about a fucking painter, and this is a book. She's in a book club, not a painting club. I'll allow that. Ms. Burns, please stand down. Okay. We are not allowing that. that, that we're not allowing that. You're out of order. You're out of order. You get a car. <laughs> I want a chance to filibust this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, now I don't have anything to say. Everything just, I got nervous. Oh, well, the age of the talking filibuster is back, Tony. If you don't have anything okay, to say, say, you say can't this. filibuster. If, if, we, if we're just reading five chapters at a time, does everyone realize that we have 18 more weeks of Moby Dick? That's like four and a half months. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. It would be a delightful four and a half months if we weren't always trying to roll Tony Anita Hull up a hill. <laughs> yes, this has become more Sisyphus than it is Moby Dick. We're going to finish the book on Tuesday, August 3rd at this rate. Okay. All, and? all right. Um, excuse <laughs> do, me. Do is you have any other to- summer <laughs> pandemic plans? Yeah, is it is it time to hear from the voice of literary of book club doom again? That would be you, Tony. Go ahead. <laughs> How many paper cuts? I'll come do you back th- into it. I feel like I'm being a little bit of a brat about it, and I apologize to the book club. That you're, you know what? Don't. She's trying to get out of her censure. You're not getting out of your censure. That's what you're sticking. That's on your permanent record. <laughs> I'd like to make a motion, President Pro Tempora. Yes. <laughs> that we start reading 10 chapters for a meeting. I think that's a good idea. Let's go to 10 chapters. I think 10 chapters is a good 10 idea. 10 chapters? Yeah, but that I means agree. I've got to read 10 chapters and, and, and Tony has to read none again. <laughs> yeah, we're going to multiply by two I'll what we're up. reading. All Jeez. right. You know, we're pretending like these are really lengthy chapters. The only chapters that were lengthy is the one that, that talks about the color white. Uh, other than that, <laughs> the chapters are fairly short. Yeah. It's true. But at least nothing happens in them. All right. I'm going to bring the book club to a close. Paula Poundstone, do you have a word for us this week? You know, Adam. Uh, hold on. I do. <laughs> I do have a word. Oh my gosh! Yeah, are you surprised? I'm not surprised because we have been doing that every week for at least a year. What do you got? Wait before I tell you. Uh, uh, the word is it's Schadenfreude. It's a noun oh. that means wow. pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. I confess I felt a bit of schadenfreude when I heard part of Mar-a-Lago was shut down because of COVID. It's a great word, schadenfreude. That's great. I hope I don't feel it a lot, but it is a great word. Let's put it right in the vocabulary song. Okay. 
There it is. This week's word is schadenfreude. It's a noun that means pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. I wouldn't mind if Mar-a-Lago was shut down through all of May and June. Last week's word was immutable. It's an adjective that means not changing or able to be changed. What if the furniture on the Titanic couldn't be rearranged? The week before <laughs> that, the word was ultracrepidarian. It's an adjective that means expressing a Opinions on matters outside the scope of one's knowledge or expertise. It's also a noun that means someone you'd describe as ultra-crepidarian, ultra-crepidarian, ultra-crepidarian. I think it's safe to eat that uncooked carrion. Going back before that, the word was insensate. It's an adjective that means lacking sympathy or compassion, unfeeling. Get up and do all my chores even though you're still healing. And not long ago, we had assiduous. It's an adjective that means showing her done with thoroughness and great care, like how I carefully back home my hair. Let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler of medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, replicable, replicable. But I do, I do, I do, I do. Woo! Nice. I do. Hooty, hooty, hoo. That's a great Whoa. one. I have to say, I love the word schadenfreude. It's it's one it's of those great words word. that, that German only a Germans can come up with that where it should be a bunch of words but they pack it all into one word and it means something you know very recognizable. Uh, another one of that ilk is Weltschmerz or something like that. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Oh yeah, that's is, a great word. Which is sort of a sad world weariness. Weltschmerz. Um, <laughs> I look. You know what? I looked that up and I forgot. Maybe I'll have that in the next couple of weeks because I don't think it is. A, Unless, oh wait, maybe I'm thinking, maybe I'm thinking of another word. Uh, anyways, okay, well, we're just focused on one word right now. And that's, yeah, I'm sorry. That's Schadenfreude. Um, Schadenfreude. It is, yeah, it's a great oh, word. So you know, good. it's a, it's kind of a shameful feeling. Um, yeah. You know, I I have to confess that I felt Schadenfreude here and there in my life, um, but uh, I'd like to feel less of it. I'd like to be a, a better human being with a little less schadenfreude. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. On the other hand. On the other hand, you felt great when Tony got censured just there, didn't you? Yeah. I did. I did have a little tinge of the old schadenfreude then. Yeah, I did. I just feel we've been pushing Tony Anita Hall up a literary hill for a while now. And uh, her turning to Cosmo repeatedly is just not okay. <laughs> so that censure made you feel good. Yeah. And now you did. feel bad yeah. that it made you feel good. I do. I feel bad that it made me feel good. I absolutely do. But you know what? Yes. I'll take a shower. I'll be fine. <laughs> Coming up, Bette Midler once said, My whole life has been spent waiting for an epiphany, a manifestation of God's presence, the kind of transcendent, magical experience that lets you see your place in the big picture. And that is what I had with my first compost heap. 
We'll help you find God in your pile of garbage next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There, there's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds, yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so co it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep 
so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally, and everybody just piles on it, and it it's comfy, and yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions. Plus, enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. On this day in unremarkable history, Amelia Earhart said, Whee! 
Thank you, house band Sylvia Davanzo. Paula, Paula Poundstone, you are a composting. Hey, wait, yes. Wait, what? Adam. Okay, what? I'm sorry to interrupt, but you guys, I just, when you were talking about or whatever that word was that yeah. Paula said was her vocabulary word. So we. <laughs> what, wait, German... wait, how did you just pronounce it? <laughs> I don't know. What was it? No, it's Schadenfreude. <laughs> Schadenfreude. Yeah. Okay. I don't speak German very well. But anyway, we have a German cleaning lady, and they have um, an expression when they're mad at somebody, and it's, I want to jump with my ass in their face. (laughs) Okay. That's... (laughs) And there's a word, or is that an expression? No, I think it's an expression. So what I did when we were on the break... I looked it up. I don't know if this is going to work, but I think this is the how it sounds. Okay, so take a listen. Okay. Ich möchte mit meinem Arsch ins Gesicht springen. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Arsch und springen. Arsch und springen. Arsch und springen. Yes, that sounds like it. Yeah, um, I, that sounds like fake German to me. Arsch und Arsch und Fashion springen. That doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. Yeah. I want um, to jump in mit the Arsch und Fashion. <laughs> You know what? what? It's it, me. I, I realize that we're not that we're not having a book club meeting right now, but I still think Bonnie could be censured again. Is that possible to censure her again? I haven't opened proceedings, so she can't be censured. I, this is ridiculous. All right, here, here Why we go. is she telling here we go. us that now? Temporary opening of the book club. Uh, motion to censure Bonnie. Please. Seconded. Okay. Yes, uh, take I a second vote. It. Yes. It's not fair. Nay, nay, <laughs> nay. Oh, well, as president pro tem, I'm going to say uh, yay. Motion carried. Bonnie, that's your second century uh, today. Session yeah. closed. I want to impeach you know what? the president next year. Next time, you, can, you can't. We've, uh, well, you can impeach him, but you can't remove him. Um, uh, I think we've proven that. Um, the next time that we have two and two like that, I'm going to... I'm going to call Kamala Harris because that's how you break the tie. I'm still trying to figure out what kind of insult or complaint I want to jump with my ass in your face really is. Ich möchte mit meinem Arsch ins Gesicht springen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that, lady. But um, <laughs> spring with me, meinem Arsch into springen. Um, yeah. Hey, if we have any German listeners, and Honey, you should look up whether we have any listeners in Germany. Um, oh, of course. Please, uh, Surely we will now. That please write in at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com and let us know what the hell is up with that expression. Or um, if Bonnie's cleaning lady is just out of her gourd. I know what the proper response is to that when someone says that to you. What's that? Nine, nine, nine. <laughs> really? They yeah, might, nine. They might jump in your face nine yeah, times. Don't so. don't spring and see Ashen facing. Ashen facing. Hey, uh, Paula Poundstone. Back to our topic. Um, you're a composting <sighs> expert. Well, I wouldn't say that I'm a composting expert. I've had a compost bin, or as my neighbors. Contractors seem to think of it a stepladder because remember I told you my neighbors and they're still working on that damn thing. Um, they kept stepping on top of my compost, the lid of the con. They broke the whole thing. Uh, sometimes I, I look at the compost and I think to myself, you know, what's really going on in there? How does this work? And other times I think 
how long would it take the compost heap to break down one of my neighbor's contractors? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's a valid questions, and and we are fortunate to have an expert on that very topic, although not necessarily uh, the breakdown of contractors. Rhonda Sherman is an extension specialist at the Department of Horticultural Science at North Carolina State University. She holds degrees in such things as environmental studies and urban regional planning, and she's the author of the new book, The Worm Farmer's Handbook, which is very appropriate to this moment. Please welcome Rhonda Sherman. Yay! Yay! Rhonda, welcome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, well, thank you so much for being here. Let's just jump right in, Rhonda. So I think I've been a composter all these years, um, but your expertise is in the area of vermicomposting. What is the difference? Okay, so composting is what, you know, most people are familiar with. It's something you can do in your backyard or you can do it on a really large scale you know where you're out in California a lot of uh, communities pick up food waste and take it to uh, permitted composting facilities mm -hmm. but um, the the basically microorganisms will break down the organic materials that are in a compost pile and their activity creates heat which is great because it helps the organic materials to break down more quickly. Mm -hmm. And if the heat gets high enough, it can kill pathogens like E. coli and salmonella. And it can also kill seeds like weed seeds and other things that, you know, we wouldn't want to pop up in our ornamental garden, you know? Yeah. And so that's composting and vermicomposting is a totally different process. And they absolutely should not be combined, you know? Uh -oh. So some people will intentionally add red wiggler worms to their compost bins. I have done that. you should not do that. Oh, <laughs> do it, damn it. For God's I, sakes, Paula, don't do that. Go save those worms now. I, I did it years ago. Oh. I used to put worms in my mulch. Oh, then it's probably and, too late um, for them. Uh, yeah. And the reason I did that at the time was because our mulch pile was on cement. Um, oh. But now this, the mulch pile is on dirt, so worms just come into it. Like, I didn't, I didn't yeah. put them there. They will come into the bottom, which is fine, because they're part of the decomposers that come in and, and you know, consume the rest of the organic materials and turn it into compost. Yeah. So that's a natural thing. That's cool. It's perfectly people, natural, Rhonda. I didn't do anything. Yeah, 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 it is natural. But there are some people who have the misconception that adding, you know, going out and buying worms and adding yeah. them to their compost pile will yeah. speed up the decomposition. Well, and actually, they're just composting the wrong way and they just need some tweaks here and there. Oh, but so it's, when I used yeah. to do that, I was killing the worms by because they, it was too hot for them inside there. Well, you know, it, it takes work to get a hot pile, Paula. So you may not have had a hot no, pile. No, I, I had a hot you know? pile. I used to you did. I, I used to That's delight awesome. in turning it over and seeing the steam wow. come out. I mean, I don't know if it was awesome. hot Awesome. I, I never, am so proud of you. I'm sorry well, I assumed that it might not be a hot pile. Yeah, that was well, pretty insulting. Know, no, 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 that was insulting. And you can say it, Paula. I don't know I where don't you know. get off, Rhonda. I, 
I don't well, know I if know. it was hot enough to kill the worms. Uh, I'm not certain. Well, they would hang out at the bottom of the pile. And, you know, so it's the heat is going to be concentrated more in the middle of the mm-hmm. pile. And then are you um, getting me off the hook now? It turns out maybe I didn't kill them. Maybe I'm right. I'm not, no, not going to be convicted of worm court. No, um, you're probably fine. Uh, Rhonda, I want to slow you down for just a minute because I am somebody who knows sure. absolutely nothing about composting. So if I understand what you're saying, regular composting is you throw a lot of garbage in a bin and you hope it heats up to cook out impurities so that it what? It becomes fertilizer then? So it becomes compost, which is a soil amendment. You know, so it's got really, it's got excellent properties for soil and it also helps plants to, you know, to produce healthier plants. So at some point you look at your garbage pile and say, okay, this isn't garbage anymore. This is fertilizer. This is good soil. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. It'll change the appearance. It'll look like soil instead of looking like the original materials that you put in. Right. right. It, it used to be, uh, you know, some uneaten salad and some soup and a cherry pie rind and some, you know, toast that somebody didn't finish. Right. And now it looks like dirt. Um, oh, wow. Rust. So like when you can no longer see Paula's neighbor's contractor's fingers, it's time to <laughs> start when planting. You know. Yeah. Okay. That's when you know you've done a good Thank job. Thank you. Um, let me just say that most amendments don't pass. Most amendments don't Didn't pass. Didn't you say it was soil amendment? What did you say earlier? Oh, I, I, I didn't want to call it a fertilizer because- so you, call, you called it a soil amendment? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. in our country, most amendments don't pass. Uh, only a handful of times have we passed amendments. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Just, just so you know, the field you're playing in. Um. So- so that's what composting is. It's the breaking down of of, of uh, organic material or food scraps, basically. Not meat. You don't want to put meat in there because it'll make animals come. Yes, um, right. And uh, like, don't put salty chips in there because salt is not good for plants, which is why the desert isn't where we raise most of our foods. I, I think it's delicious on things like carrots, though. Yeah, yeah. But it's not good for, uh, yeah. So- uh, so explain to me then what I do to vermicompost. Okay, so like I said, vermicomposting is completely different and has even better results. So I for example, if, if you make a cubic yard of compost, which it sounds like you could, I want to um, recognize that you get a hot pile, which is really unusual. A lot of people don't achieve that. So pat yourself on the back, Paula. Why? why? What's so challenging? You water it, you turn it, you chop the stuff so that it... Those know. are the three things that, that are most important. And a lot of people don't understand that. So they don't do it. Oh, well. Yeah. I, so. Actually, part of the reason I do it, and so it breaks my heart to think I would kill my worms, is um, I love worms. I, when my kids They're were awesome. little, they would come with me to the mulch pile and they always would put out their little hands so I could put a worm in their hand and they could watch it for a little oh. while. It was a big thrill. And kids I admire like worms. They're such hard workers. They are. Yes. Yeah. They're totally awesome. Well, it's not like so they have I, any hobbies. <laughs> it's not like a worm can say to another right. one, hey, they, slow down. They, we were going to read tonight. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, their, their hobbies are finding moisture. 
They just enjoy moisture. Yeah. All right. So explain to me how I'm going to do this vermicomposting because I, I'll switch. Um, and when you say a cubic yard, does that mean uh, it's a yard deep and a yard across and a yard wide? Yes. Okay. So I three feet by three feet by three feet. Got yeah. So if you produce a cubic yard of compost and you wanted to sell it, because I know you're always looking for extra jobs, right? Extra yes. money. So if you sold compost in a cubic yard, you could get maybe up to $30 for that cubic yard. Wow. If you sold vermicompost, you could get 200 to $1,200 per cubic yard. Wow. Oh my yeah, gosh. but why so much variation? <laughs> I mean, two hundred sounds like a lot, and then you went twelve hundred, and I was like, "Well, I need I need higher quality worms or something." Yeah, so it just you know, remember I said that compost has really wonderful effects on soil and plants. Well, it's documented by thousands of scientific studies that vermicompost has an even more profound effect on soil and plants—a more salubrious effect. There so, you go. So basically it's worm poop. They eat these yes. they eat the your leftover food scraps and they poop and it's the poop that is the the soil amendments that will pass. Yes. Um how then do I house? I mean, can I use the same setup that I No. No. What do I have because, to do? So with compost, in order to reach those high temperatures, yeah. You have to have a certain amount of mass. So you have to have at least a cubic foot. So yeah. three feet wide, three feet deep, you know, three feet mm -hmm. long. Um, because the activity of the microorganisms heats up the pile. And if your pile was only, say, you know, two feet deep, then that heat would dissipate. It would not be able to retain the heat in the pile and make the temperatures increase. Got it. So, so with your little worm friends, they can't tolerate that heat. Oh, so vermicomposting has to be a shallow system. Oh, okay. And you, um, I heard you earlier say, "Oh, how do I switch from composting to vermicomposting?" Yeah, and I recommend having both. Okay, you really want to do vermicomposting because. You know, you're going to produce a, a more valuable soil amendment. And also, you and your children are going to enjoy the worms, right? Yeah. But well, they're with grown composting, now, but still. Yeah, I know. But they'll come visit. So, you know, well, they will whatever. because we're going to have a much better Christmas this year because I'm making shitloads of money from my worm shit. Literally shitloads. Yeah. Literally shitloads of money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So why do you say to do both? Because um, I like to always have a, a compost bin also because it's more forgiving. Okay. In fact, I always keep in mind the value of compost versus vermicompost. So, you know, I, I need to think of a better word for this, but you know, it's kind of like the worm bin is your princess bin. It's your valuable, special bin, and it's mm -hmm. going to be smaller than your compost bin. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be able to feed the worms as much food. You're going to have extra food. 
And oh, so I you want to okay. put that into your compost bin. And uh-huh. since it's a bigger space, it's just more forgiving. You know, you can put more, like you could dump a bunch of t- tomatoes into a compost bin, but not into your worm bin because mm-hmm. it would be too acidic. Oh, so oh, you, have I didn't to, know you have to take the worm's diet into account. Yes. Okay, oh, well, yep. the science fiction writer Bruce Sterling wrote, tomorrow composts today. I love that. And that means that today must be pretty great because I think we can all agree that 2020 was a massive pile of garbage. We'll do our best to make a more fertile tomorrow when we come back. The Cat of the Week is Jenga from Dallas, Texas. And we are back with Rhonda Sherman. Paula? So, Rhonda, if... All right, so beside my big mulch pile... If I put a, a vermicompost thing, right, so it's only a few inches tall. Um, well, it can be up to, you know, maybe 22 inches tall. That's as right. tall as you'd want it to be. So I make one that's about 22 inches tall. I still, I don't need to buy worms, do I? Because won't won't they just, can't A, I take some out of the other pile, and B, won't they just come up from the ground the way they did for the for the compost pile? Uh no. <laughs> oh, damn um, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, with a worm bin, you could have it outside or you can have it inside. Okay. And it's really important to start with just a small worm bin, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, maybe a foot long. And do you really you know, want that inside wide. though? Because, like, won't they start like, oh, yeah, rating your oh, video yeah. collection inside? And stuff? Really? Oh, yeah, people do it inside. Okay. Tony Anita is going to start doing it inside her apartment. Oh, she, yeah, the, uh, she said she was going to read Moby Dick, too, so I wouldn't trust I what she says. <laughs> I'm going to do she's, this. I'm going to do this. She's, she's been censured. Um, uh, all right, okay, so start small. Okay, got you. Now, um, and you want it to be a, um, you want to start with a pound of red wigglers. Okay. And that's about a thousand. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. you need a thousand to start with. But that would take like forever minimum. to name them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to do what George Foreman did. Um, <laughs> just name them all, George. Um, I started composting, um, you know, in the beginning because I didn't want the food to go in the landfill. Uh, but I'm not sure that I knew why I didn't want it to go in the landfill. I just wanted to have less trash because I wanted my my trash pickup people to admire me. Mm-hmm. So w- why is composting important? Okay, what people don't realize is that landfills are the number three contributor to climate change Whoa. of Ooh. human activities. <laughs> wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. After like so, planes and cows? Yes. So so the problem is that um, we put organic waste into landfills. And landfills are airless spaces, okay? So oh. when we're talking about vermicomposting and composting, we're talking about 
aerobic activity where we have air and water involved. But landfills keep air and water out. And so when food waste and other organics start breaking down slowly in landfills in the lack of air, Uh it creates methane. Oh, Oh, not good. And so, yeah, so methane gets emitted from landfills and um, in landfills, well, they used to be dumps and then we developed laws and said, and um, engineered designs to protect (laughs) this methane because methane likes to travel horizontally. So there were cases where Methane would build up in dumps and then travel, and and it it's explosive, and so it literally has has exploded buildings, and it blew up next to an elementary school once. So you know, so it's really bad. So so wait a minute, back up a sec. (laughs) So the methane from a dump moved horizontally to a building beside a school. And exploded it? Yes. I never, where was I that day? I never heard of that. <laughs> I probably stayed home. You were lucky, I don't. I don't think there's one fucking piece of bad news that doesn't come my way at some point. Well, wow. there you go. You no. got to get rid of it. Um, okay, so, so that sounds kind of so dangerous. Anyway, yeah. So that was dumps. So sanitary landfills are required to capture the methane. And so it has vertical pipes coming out of the top of the landfill. And the problem is that nobody's required to do anything with the methane. So it usually just gets flared off into the atmosphere. And that's why it's a big contributor to climate change. Well, this is such, like so often... Well, like climate change in general, I think a lot of us just feel stymied. We know it's we know it's happening. We know it's terrible, and we, you know, I don't know how to manufacture a car, so you feel so helpless. But this is something that you know most people could certainly do, and it will yes. help with the number three producer of methane. When you said aerobic, like I use a pitchfork on my mulch a lot, just to. Yes. Just to put some holes in there so that the air goes through it. Um, when you said aerobic, I thought you meant that the worms had to do like jumping jacks. And I thought, <laughs> I cannot, there is no way I'm getting a thousand worms to do jumping jacks. I just, I don't, I don't have that kind of uh, leadership. You might. <laughs> um, all right. I have an important question. So I do tine my pile and I do, uh, turn the soil with a a shovel and I'm sure I cut my worms in half sometimes or, or even in a a third and two thirds. What happens to a worm that gets sliced? Okay. If a worm gets sliced, um, if it's sliced below the point where their important organs are, it'll just, you know, heal over. So it'll be like a stump. And so, um, but if it's sliced, you know, right in the midst of major organs that make the worm function, Uh-oh. it'll die. Oh, and, and, and again, in your com- you've got a hot compost pile, and so it's very likely that your worms are just hanging out in the bottom of your pile. Oh, I hope so, because it's dark and moist down there, and it's going to be cooler. So I think they're 
they're going to be down there. So when oh, you're maybe I'm turning your compost pile, aerating it like you should, right. um, you know, I, I don't think the worms are going to be up there. Oh, I hope not. So I think, yeah, I think you can rest assured that you're not harming worms. And how but is do- there a German word for the sadness that you feel when you've accidentally killed a worm? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it's it, we'll have uh, to is ask Bonnie it, about yeah, Vermenschmerz, <laughs> Vermenschmerz, no, and Hack. It's uh, Vermenschopen. Vermenschopen. Uh, oh, vermenschopen. Oh, um, I'm feeling such Vermenschopen this morning. <laughs> I was turning my pile and I killed a poor worm. <laughs> So when I get my thousand worms, yep. my po- my pound of worms um, from a worm farmer, uh, how do my worms procreate? Well, that's interesting because if you ask, is that a a girl worm or a boy worm? The yeah. answer is yes. Oh, they're hermaphrodites. Wow. So every worm has what it takes to reproduce but it takes two to tango. Uh So they get together and they line up um, facing opposite directions. And you'll notice that a mature worm will have a band around. Yes. um, A swollen band. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where they kind of, you know, come together and kind of exchange slime and, um, and when they're in that position, then sperm from each worm gets passed to the other. So it's very efficient for procreation because both worms crawl away pregnant. Wow. And no dating sites, no filling out forms. No. Wow. You know, there's a thousand of them. They have plenty of, uh, No worrying about pronouns. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to be called? He, she. Um, I'm a worm. (laughs) Just a worm. Uh, yeah. And now will other will there be in my in my verma compost will there be other creatures in there that join in? Yes. Yes. So other decomposers. So you know even though you haven't added them and you've got them in your rec room that is, you know, sparkling clean and doesn't have critters running around, you will notice little little critters in the bin and mm-hmm. They come as eggs on <laughs> the organic material that you put in there. And so the eggs will, you know, bloom. They were in my salad? They were in the part yeah. of the salad I didn't eat? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Are there foods that particularly appeal to red wrigglers? Is there something that, you know, when it's their birthday, you want to do something special for them? Yes. Melon. On their birthday, give them melon. Oh, it's just they like me. Melon. I love melon, too. Yes, there you go. I now have the first thing I can relate to worms about. Well, that <laughs> and my method of reproduction. Yeah, yeah, you know, you genie's band and my um, band. Yeah. Um, the tops of pineapples, I find if I put a pineapple in there. Now it's probably too acidic, but I I didn't know that before. So that I often put. You know, when I cut up a pineapple, I'll put the top in there uh, and the sides, of course, and they are all over the top of a pineapple. Yes. But is it bad bad for them? 
No, no, that's why they're on it. You can tell what a worm likes if you see a gathering of them on that piece of food. And and that's why there's that song, my my pineapple brings the worms to the yard, the worms to the yard, the worms to the yard. Oh, I thought it was what a worm likes, what a worm wants. (laughs) Well, Rhonda, Rhonda, that was excellent. And, And we are now going to take that rich mental fertilizer you gave us and see what sprouts from the old pouncedinator. Paula? So, house band Sylvia Devonzo, you sound so fantastic. Uh, thank you. If you could give me just a little bit of background music, I'll tell you what the pouncedinator spit out. This vermicomposting is such an exciting addition to Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, at $1,200 a cubic yard. With my very first cubic yard, I can buy a standalone boxing bag for $189.88, a new pair of sneakers for $120, a supply of 100 Drake's ring dings for $34.90, a red pullover sweater, for $47.50, I can have $608.62 left over. And with my next 400 cubic yards, I can pay off my debts, which is great because I'll need more ring dings by then. <laughs> She's an extension specialist in the Department of Horticultural Science at NC State University, the author of the book. Paula, what's the book? The Worm Farmer's Handbook. I have it right in front of me. I'm, I started reading it two nights ago, and it is a page turner. The Worm Farmer's Handbook, mid to large scale vermicomposting for farms, businesses, municipalities, schools, and institutions. And she's also a fantastic guest. Rhonda Sherman, thank you so much for being on our show. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Oh, thanks, Rhonda. It was wonderful. (laughs) Great. Yeah, I loved it. So thank you for inviting me. It was awesome. Coming up next, what do you mean do not refrigerate? Hey, tomato can, you're not the boss of me. Our Department of Fine Print is coming up right after this. Fun fact, if your product says genuine leather, that means that it's probably an inferior material and you're better off with an artificial product. At least that's what this cow told me. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, Paula Poundstone. You Wait a had... minute. I have to tell you, I have to tell you something. Uh, yeah. I'm not proud of this at all, but okay. while we were talking about mulch and composting, uh-huh. Wendell pulled up on my computer an article that says Luke Perry was buried in a mushroom suit, which could become a trend. That's a what it says. That's the, title. That's the title of the article. And everybody start timing now to see how long before Tony Googles that article. Is he dead? Um, my question... <laughs> My question is, Luke Perry died? I thought he was alive. Yes. No, I believe no, he died. No, he, yeah, no, he died. He died, like, last year. 
Oh, he that's did? right. Yeah. Okay. Wow, he was so young. Yep. Yeah. Look at that. He was yeah. buried in a biodegradable suit. I told you she would. Wow. <laughs> It was that was that was red meat for Tony. I just laid it <laughs> out there, and I knew. Yeah, you know, I tried Te- to resist. Technically, Paula, you could be arrested for entrapment. So hard, I tried <laughs> to resist, but I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, she tried for for all of for all of. Wait a, a minute, half a second. All right, it's, what? Well, it says on Wikipedia he had two children, including Jungle Boy. What does that mean? Including what? Jungle including Boy. What? Well, don't look on Wikipedia. That's not a good source. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so, Bonnie, you, you you wanted to ask us about something you just saw on Wikipedia about <laughs> Luke Perry. It's a Jungle Boy's a wrestler. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm tempted to bring the book club back in the session oh. to censure you for a third time. Wait a minute. Right, here we go. Yeah, here, here come to order. I move to censure Bonnie Burns. Seconded. Wait, I have to say this. Oh, maybe it's not that important. I second Bonnie's third censure. Okay, I, I vote aye. Okay. Nay. Captain, Captain censure, Crinkle. <laughs> Polly, um, do you vote aye? I did. I vote aye. As President Pro Tem, I'm going to break the tie. The eyes have it. Bonnie, that is your third censure. Book club is now out of session. I... I Googled it. How does it. Tony know that Jungle Boy is a wrestler? I clicked on the link from the Wikipedia article. We are doing a <laughs> podcast where you guys are both surfing the web and talking about it. <laughs> the only reason you're not censured again, Tony, is because I just censured Bonnie. I, I, you know what frightens me is that both of you have driver's licenses. <laughs> And I just uh, only speaking for myself. It does. Oh my god! Have you ever ridden in the car with Bonnie? No focus. She (laughs) she doesn't focus at all. It's a miracle that she gets anywhere. I I mean the the day she was recording from um, Trader Joe's, I was like, oh my god. Just for her even to be in a parking lot is. I was having the same thought, Paula. I was like, I like that she's. Uh, broadcasting from Trader Joe's, but I really hope that she stopped the car. <laughs> no, she hadn't. She hadn't. It turns out she thought she had, but she hadn't. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to let's try to wrestle this back onto topic. Uh, now, Paula, you had an inspiration the other day. Uh, we were discussing Moby Dick, uh, one of the most revered and widely read books in the English language, and you. Well, I was thinking, why not provide a counterbalance by talking about the shit that nobody ever reads? Right, and thus the Department of Fine Print is born, where we look at bits and pieces of literary flotsam and jetsam that infest our soda cans and clutter our butterfingers. Lawyers and bean counters have been scrawling their graffiti all over our stuff for years. It's the least we can do than to give it a good read. We're going to dive right in. Paula, what fine print have you found? And we're going to need a fine print theme song at some point. Bonnie? Okay, no problem. Uh, Yeah, I shudder. Um, Okay, (laughs) so I have this. It's actually a sponsor of our show. Um, It's a blended drink that comes from a a powder, but they send you this container that you make the drink in, and a card comes with it 
with an illustration of the container and arrows pointing to different parts of the container. Let me, here it is. Wait, where did it go? Um, it, it says it has a luxury finish. This is, they're talking about a container, like a bottle, right? Yeah. It says it has a luxury finish. It's velvety and strokeable. Um, well, Paula, and, as long as we're right bottles. here and you're holding that bottle, would you um, would you no, do me I'm the not, favor no, of stroking that the bottle? bottle? No, I'm stroke not the holding bottle. the bottle. I'm holding the card yeah. that was part of the package that the Can bottle came in. Can you get the bottle right the, now? I can't because I'm in the bedroom and the bottle is in the kitchen. Hold on, Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda, get that bottle. You're fired. Yeah, yeah. That's it really, Adam. Um, I don't do that kind of menial labor of going okay. to get the bottle. That Otherwise, my company just won't flourish. Um, right. Anyways, I just wonder, A, if it's important to have a velvety, strokeable, luxury finish, if that's important at all. I'm not uh-huh. certain that it is. Um, sure. But certainly to point it out on a, you know, on a piece of written material seems like a waste of somebody's talents. Uh, and then also I was reading my Crest toothpaste box. Sure. Um, I remember observing this years ago, which is, um, it says don't swallow the toothpaste. <laughs> That's oh. a relatively new instruction. No, I don't think it is. No, relatively it is. When well, I was relative a kid, to the dark ages, maybe, but I, I feel like toothpaste has said that for a long time. Oh, I've been, I, when I was a kid, there was a kind of toothpaste called Fact, and I don't know why I liked the taste of it, but I did, and it was right around the time of the Apollo launches, Okay. and so I was kind of into the idea of being an astronaut, and I used to carry around a thing of Fact toothpaste and just... Eat it out of the tube all the time. And then and you the other turned thing out is, okay. I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. Yeah, it says do not swallow. And for children under 12, ask a dentist if they can use this crest toothpaste. I wonder if I were to call my dentist's wow. office and say, hi, uh, I just have a, an 11 year old. And I was wondering. <laughs> If it was okay for them to use Crest toothpaste, have they ever received such a call? No, <laughs> nor have they ever received a call where some some hysterical mom said, "Oh my God, my child just swallowed toothpaste." Oh, what do yeah. I do? Well, you gotta, yeah, yeah. You, you gotta. Here's the. There's drug facts on my Crest box. I'm noticing drug facts. Yeah. Um, uh, it says. Uh, Meth is bad. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, that's, says, that's an interesting drug fact. Yeah. It says here heroin uh, isn't good for you. Wow. I, I believe that. This is really that. interesting. Yeah. Drug facts. Yeah. That's yeah. A, I, yeah. Now you've, moved, you've immediately moved us into fake fine print. So I'm going to move us around the horn. That's not Bonnie... fake fine print. It's drug facts. <laughs> That's a different segment. Bonnie Burns, what fine print have you found? Well, okay, so on the uh, night hall, <laughs> uh, one a night sleeping pill. Yeah, yes. You know, okay. So 
the box looks really enticing because it's got like this very fetching night scene uh, where there's like a, a silver moon and darkened sky. And then it says night hall in big letters across the front. And then in little letters down at the bottom, it says may cause drowsiness. That's the whole purpose of it, isn't it? No, but it's down there in the warning. It says may cause drowsiness. Right, but isn't that the whole point of Nightall? Yes, that's to, my point. <laughs> put, to, yeah, and a good one. And then, okay, scrubbing bubbles, the um, toilet bowl cleaner. You won't sure. <laughs> yes, sure. Okay, little, I like, love squid, those guys. Squiddy guys, sure. Yeah, yeah I know them. That, yeah, like little warning thing says, do not use for personal hygiene. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh how, how close were you before you read the words that isn't very nice <laughs> well the question is did at, at at some moment in the past was there a moment when you were in the shower and you were like zero mustel no <laughs> no i just thought that's ridiculous I mean, how do they even come up with this? Somebody sued them for using scrubbing bubbles for personal hygiene? It says toilet I, bowl cleaner. Uh, <laughs> I would hope um, that that's just nervous lawyers, but I suspect that it's actually dumb people that cause these things to be written. <laughs> okay. So there's these stickers on a lot of the chainsaws, and there's like a little drawing that goes with it, and it says... Do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and it's got like a little hand on the part with the, you know, the chain. I I picture some guy in the Appalachian Mountains is reading that right now and going like, wow, I wish I'd read that before. <laughs> All right, so dumpsters often have a sign that says do not play on or around. And, uh, you know, it's so I've seen it. I was on my way into a dumpster with a Monopoly game one night. And, you know, some friends of mine and I were going to play. And then I saw that sign and I realized this isn't a safe place to play. (laughs) Well, there go my dumpster parties. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm so glad we're checking out this fine print because there's a lot of stuff. I, I mean, I might have taken a chainsaw by the wrong end. But now I know not. Just, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, this is definitely a, a helpful section of the show yeah. for the listeners. Yeah. We, we've really hit, hit the jackpot on this one. How many lives might we have saved? You know that CNN Heroes show? Maybe we should try to get ourselves nominated because right. how many lives might we have saved by what we're telling people? Here I was today? about to pick up my chainsaw when I heard Paula Poundstone say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I Thank really Thank the Lord I did not. I just right now I am tearing up thinking about Anderson Cooper giving me my award. <laughs> um, what about you, Tony? Me? Okay, so I was at the grocery store yesterday and I bought some Gerber yogurt melts, banana vanilla flavor, because they sounded good. (laughs) Wait, 
Gerber? Gerber, Gerber, Gerber baby food? Baby snacks. They looked good. Oh, that makes it, that's a oh difference. My God. They're that low in calories, better. no cholesterol. It's good. Low in sugar. No, you're, for, you're buying baby food for yourself? <laughs> They're snacks. <laughs> They're snacks. But they're baby snacks. I don't care snacks. what time of day you're eating it. Um, Tony, did you, what you should do is, you know, when you go into the bathroom later, hold up the package near your face in the mirror and notice that you don't, you're not a baby. Because you know how that little baby head? You're going to notice you're a lot more developed. Wow. I don't know. Tony's got kind of a cute baby face. She does have a cute baby face. A round little face, yeah. So there you go. Is there a warning on the package that says, warning may turn you into a baby? (laughs) What did the warning say? What did it say again? I haven't read the warning yet. You guys have just been making fun of me for the last three minutes. So, Well, yeah, because you were eating baby food. (laughs) So... Do you want to hear my warning or not? Do you buy the baby it's cookies to too? Sometimes I buy the baby like cheese puffs that melt in your mouth really fast so I don't choke. Oh my God. Are you wearing a pull-up right now? <laughs> Just say so. I live alone. It's good to have things that melt in my mouth quickly so I don't choke. Oh my God. Wow. This is so weird. Okay. She's really weird. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready? For- she drives ahead, a car. Re- she re- drives a car that uses a big plastic set of keys. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> she collects all her money with a cash register with only three buttons. Okay, okay, here we go. Here's the warning. This product should only be fed to seated, supervised children who are accustomed to chewing solid foods. Seated, supervised children children. who are accustomed to chewing solid foods. (laughs) Also, melts may become difficult to chew if exposed to air for an extended period. Always check the product texture before serving. I kind of like them a little stale. Wow. Yeah, you're an adult. <laughs> okay, but when it says, uh, what was the first warning again? What did it this say? This product should be only fed to seated, supervised children who are accustomed to chewing solid foods. And how do you see yourself in that description? <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I think it's like that level and above can eat them. <laughs> no. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. No, they couldn't have been clearer. It should only be fed to seated supervised okay. children. And I'll bet you fucking walk around the house when you're eating them. <laughs> I don't. I eat them at my desk while right. I'm seated. And I just imagine I imagine a detective in Tony's apartment standing over and going. She shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been walking around. Clearly, I'm slowly realizing this is now wow. another low point in my life. <laughs> 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 
You know, um, I was I was in the baby gap the other day, and uh, I heard this grunting noise in a changing room, and um, Tony stumbled out trying to get. You know, her, I do wear children's trying to get dresses trying to get a little pair of, from Target. Yeah, yeah. She was, shoes. she was she was trying to. She was trying to push her leg into a little pair of jeans. Um, yeah. That's not right. Are you wearing a onesie right now, Tony? No. No. Wow. Adam, did did you say, I can't remember. Did you tell us yours? I've forgotten already. Yeah, but mine is not nearly as interesting as, as Tony's. And to be honest, Bonnie's. Well, because I've been seeing this thing on soda cans for years. And Paula... You and I are both diet soda devotees. Have you ever looked into that thing that I've been seeing for 20 years? Phenol, it says on the, uh, uh, on the uh, soda can, phenylketonurex contains phenylalanine. Eek. Oh, yeah. I see it on my diet. Oh, I just, have you I seen intuited that? that. I didn't even yeah. have to read that. I just had a sense of that. The phenylketonurex. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, no, no, it, it, it says uh This contains phenylalanine, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. But you know, I, I figured for this segment, I would look into what the why the hell have my soda cans been saying that since the '80s? And, and it turns it turns out that phenylalanine is a uh, substance that's in um, uh, NutraSweet, you know, uh, aspartame, and. Mm-hmm. If you have a genetic disorder called phenylketonuria, PKU, um, or certain other health conditions, that can be really dangerous for you. Oh. And if you don't have that condition, you're okay. But I can't, I mean, I guess for some reason, on any of the millions of cans of diet soda that have been manufactured since the 80s, they feel it's important to put in tiny print. So I, I guess they feel like phenylketonurics have really good eyesight. Um, yeah, in tiny print on the side of it. Oh, I shouldn't drink this bottle, this can of diet soda either. I wonder if there's a phenylketonuric out there who's just been looking through every single bo- uh, can and bottle of diet soda for the last twenty years, hoping to find one that doesn't say that. Well, and from the point of view of the manufacturer, does it matter? Like legally, does it matter what size the print is? Can they just like if somebody who has phenyl kettle nunu or whatever it is, could they? And they're like, hey, it was so small, I didn't see it. And they're like, we put it there. It's not our fault if you didn't see it. <laughs> I wonder about that because it's in boldface. It's slightly bigger than the ingredients, but as you know, on a can of soda, the ingredients are really small. Yeah, so I'm looking at a soda can right now. And you, you can see it right there, right? It's right there. No, I can't see anything. Everything on this can is too small it for me to bold. see. It is in Except for zero. It's in gold. Print. Are you looking at it yeah, too? I'm drinking a Diet Coke. Oh, did, I did Google. Did you do, oh, I thought maybe you Googled it. I did Google it. You did. The law. You so the, Just say so it. This, you know what? <laughs> Tony, the first step in solving a problem is admitting you have it. So, Tony, what do you need to say? So I Googled if fine print has, <laughs> uh, like, there's some legal wording around it. So the FTC um, requires clear and cons- conspicuous, conspicuous uh, disclosures, oh. which means that the important terms of the, you know, whatever can't be hidden in tiny type. 
huh? It can't be oh. like that that thing in Highlights magazine where you know you find the fish in somebody's forearm. Right. It can't be like a, a hidden, hidden picture. picture in Highlight magazine. <laughs> yeah. It has to be conspicuous, like those stupid timber toes. Yeah. It's right there. Well, you didn't yeah. see it? It was right there. The guy's Obviously forearm. the timber toes. All right. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. The fine print, ladies and gentlemen. The fine Absolute, print. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, nobodies. If you have found some tiny text that you find riveting or amusing, send it to our Department of Fine Print. It happens to have the same email address as the rest of them. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Paula, what is going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Oh my gosh, Adam, there's nothing but sunshine ahead for Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated. It's not too early to treat yourself to the very hip summer look of my remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirts with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. They're available in baseball style and standard t-shirt style, and you can find them at the store at paulapoundstone.com. You can also go to cameo.com slash paulap33 to order a customized video from me, for the recipient of your choice, last night I congratulated someone on becoming a master sergeant in one video and wished a happy one-year anniversary to a couple too young to know shit about life in another. So go to <laughs> paulapoundstone.com and cameo.com slash paulapie33. I would tell you more, but Heidi. Yeah, Heidi. Um, well, oh, uh, wait a minute, I, wait a minute, wait a minute. Speaking of Heidi, what does she write to us, Tony? Um, hold on, let me look it up. In my email, that's yeah. not Googling. Tony, take the take this Y back out of your mouth for a second and tell yeah. us what. <laughs> Baby's Y back. Heidi wrote, please, in capital letters, stop with the zombie stereo ad. Not funny, maybe once or twice, but not every week. Find another quote. We we Heidi Heidi as you know Heidi 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 as, we have yeah, as you know ahead. Heidi you've you've pushed us around a lot already and we've really responded to your needs um, but honestly uh, among the four of us we had no idea what the fuck you were talking about so if that <laughs> zombie ad zombie quote we don't even know what the hell you're talking about it, it might be another podcast altogether yeah you, we you might, might have done an ad for stereo uh for our stereo broadcast a, a few weeks ago and it's been run a few times that involves zombies but we have no idea what that is yeah i don't know what that is maybe you're mixing us up with pod save america um but we're not pod save america heidi damn it and while we're on that tip uh paula i'm on the stereo app I'm with you on the stereo app, and I'm with Jeff Cesario doing my sports simulcast on the stereo app. To find out all about that and more, go to my Facebook page. Uh, I've got a nice little fan page there, or go to at Adam Felber at Twitter, and you'll learn all about that, plus a very exciting new project coming right about now. Wow. Plus a bunch of zombie quote <laughs> shit. Yeah, appa apparently I'm all about zombies as well. Subscribe to this podcast. It's free. You'll get it every week at no charge. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to know about, tell us. Send it to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone 
at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest, Rhonda Sherman. Yeah. And our house band, Sylvia Davanzo. Wow. Yay! Fantastico. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, sorta, and Tony Anita Hull. Intern is Carly Patrone. Mixing Yay! by Michael Hoagie. Yay! <laughs> production by Land Romo. Yay! Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier Yay! internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Hey, Paula. Adam? I'm having some pulverized spinach and breast milk. You want some? Oh. Um, no, but you might want to have Tony over. Um, okay. that's the kind really of food she really likes. Oh, wait, look at this. Look at this creamed carrots. Oh, she loves that. She loves that. You know what? One time I, I went to her house for Thanksgiving. It was a long time ago. And you know what we had? What's that? Applesauce. Really? We just had applesauce. Just you know, I, I went there I couldn't for believe pass, it. I went there for Passover once. You know what the dessert was? Applesauce? Pacifiers. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. She and what's weird is she kept offering me like there were different big dishes, serving dishes on the table, you know, and they all had applesauce. And she would lift one up and go, "More applesauce!" And I was like, "No, no, I'm, I got, thanks, I'm, 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 I'm full for applesauce." Um, yeah, and um, at one point, I had brought something, you know, just to be a nice guest, you know. I sure. Had, I had brought a. Um, you know, a, like a scalloped potato dish, and uh, I, I, I lifted it up towards her to say, do you want some scalloped potatoes? And she closed her mouth really right. tight and just kept shaking her head back and forth. Right, you got to try to get that spoon in the mouth is what I found. <laughs> yeah, just wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wouldn't but you know what? Any, she sent me a it. very nice thank you card this Christmas when I sent her a binky. Oh, she's... Loves Binkies. <laughs> you know, she has a little dog. Have you seen her dog? It's a, it's a basset hound, and she oh, pulls it on, on, a on, a, <laughs> yeah. on a string, and its legs, <laughs> it's on wheels, and its legs go up and down, and that thing is so well-trained. That's a really well-trained little doggy. Yeah. I mean, she'll say to it, stop, and it stops, and... Uh, you know, yeah, it's very impressive. And it never barks, you know, whereas my, my dog Mo is bark, 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 bark. Bark, bark, Tony's dog, not at but, all. Yeah, her, her dog, yeah. uh, um, Boo Boo Head, uh, doesn't bark. Boo-boo head. Yeah. <laughs> Good dog. Good boy, Boo Boo Head. Good boy. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I'm really worried about Tony. <laughs> Podcast Network.